Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. We're so glad you're able to join us uh, today. This is the uh, Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. It's brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MMBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MMBC. Sitting around the table today is, again, our uh, usual cast of characters, Scott Slater, family pastor, Matt Bates, music and media pastor, Tim Angeli, lead pastor, and my name is Spencer Snow. I'm the discipleship pastor. Um, last week, we started a uh, series going through uh, material that Pastor Scott is leading the youth through here at our church. So this is kind of giving you a, a, a doorway into what... Um, the youth at our church are being instructed in and taught right now. And we're talking about doubt, um, deconversion um, stories, and, and how to, to wrestle with, I guess you could say, competing uh, messages uh, with Christianity. So, Pastor Scott, what do you want to open us up with this week? So there's been a, a growing trend of what's called <clears throat> deconversion or deconstruction stories. You hear both of those words. Um, it's essentially where people on social media usually are kind of coming out as, tell, as saying that they are no longer a Christian, that they have deconverted from Christianity. And the stories uh, that you'll hear are, they vary in length and stuff, but some of them can be very complex. Some of them are a Twitter post. Um, but it's essentially just people kind of sharing about how they have gone through a process where they have deconstructed their faith, doubts or questions have come in, <clears throat> and they just share that they are they no longer adhere to what we would call historical Orthodox Christianity. And so what we did with the youth was look at a lot of these different stories. Of um, There's been some pretty high-profile people that have posted their deconversion stories, um, and we looked at some of those, and you notice that there are elements of those stories that seem to be there in every story. Um, and so we kind of look broke them down a little bit. Um, but like some people that um, people know of that have been public about their deconversion, deconstruction. Um, and so Marty Sampson uh, was one of the lead singers and songwriters for Hillsong, I think, was mm -hmm. Hillsong. Yep. And so, uh, you know, he was leading worship uh, in multi-thousand person venues mm -hmm. you see videos of it on, I even showed a video of him leading on YouTube mm. the youth and it's passionate it looks like real like wow these people are really worshipping mm -hmm. then five years later he comes out and says that he's no longer a Christian mm -hmm. you know that he he just he can't be a Christian anymore um, but then there's other people like uh, two very famous people on YouTube some of the most famous people on YouTube now are Rhett and Link who are, they deconverted and deconstructed. And they actually shared, it was like two <clears throat> podcast episodes, like both like an hour and a half long mm -hmm. of their mm -hmm. full story where they just go into every detail mm. of how they I are. They were on like Jimmy Kimmel or something too. And the whole time they were on there, that's what it was about. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't see that. But mm. um, I haven't watched both of theirs. I watched Rhett's, most of Rhett's story where they I mean they they go really in depth and he breaks it down and gets mm -hmm. very technical about a lot of a lot of details mm -hmm. and so but they they do that um, a couple other people that are a little bit more dated <coughs> at this point would be like Joshua Harris who wrote I Kiss Dating Goodbye, Goodbye yeah. so it came out that he and his wife were getting a divorce but then he added to that hey also by the way he the way he said it was something like 
by every means I have of measuring what a Christian is, I am no longer a Christian. And he just said, like, along with this divorce, I am also divorcing Christ. I'm no longer a Christian mm-hmm. in that sense. And then there's another guy that we looked at, John Steingard, who was the lead singer for uh, the band Hawk Nelson, who actually, like, from what I understand, did a show at the Monroe County Fair mm-hmm. uh, at one time. And mm-hmm. the, the, it was a very popular Christian band, mm-hmm. but this guy... You know, a couple of years after he was here, deconverted. And he's now, basically, if you go to his Instagram account, his entire account is about helping other people deconstruct mm. and, and trying to get other people uh, to step away from mm. the faith. And so, and so, and most of this, if not all of it, is happening on social media. Mm. And so it's something that students are being exposed to at, at a rapidly increasing rate. Uh, and so there we talked a little bit about just exposing students a little earlier to uh, some of the arguments maybe against Christianity that people would use. And they are definitely being exposed to it now mm. if they weren't before. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of in a new and even really attractive way mm-hmm. uh, that they're hearing the stories. Now, I got a question for you. Are, whenever you come across deconversion stories, are you coming across people who were actually either physically or spiritually abused by people in the church or are you coming across people who just that that's not I'm saying like they 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 have questions about the faith but they've not been necessarily abused or harmed in a in a in a real way by pastors or even people within the church or the community that's hard to answer because a lot of them will say that they've been abused mm-hmm. um and I guess like what I would want to say, and I, I kind of gave this caveat to the youth when, when we were having this specific lesson. In these stories, like some people are very out there in like the things that they say and what they write um, or type or whatever. I don't point out these stories to make fun of people mm-hmm. or to make light of their experiences mm-hmm. because I don't know what their actual experience was. And I, in a, in a way, I never will. And so I have no doubt, just through personal experience, that some people, it makes perfect sense to me why you would step away from the church if you've been treated like that. Mm-hmm. And so some people, yes, um, they have been abused spiritually, mm-hmm. many physically mm-hmm. uh, in the church. Um, but then others at the same time, like some people will, the, the phrase that you'll hear brought up a lot in these deconversion stories is religious trauma that they experience religious trauma which might just be somebody at church came to you and said you're living in sin you need to repent boom religious trauma Mm. that caused me pain that caused me harm because you led me to believe that i was living in a way that was not right uh yet i i part this way that i live is such a part of who i am that it's traumatizing to me to live in fear that God would judge me for that. And they call that trauma. Okay. We actually we call that the message of the gospel. Right. <laughs> right. And so it's it's hard to know mm-hmm. because you will never know everybody's full story. Right. Right. Only they do. And because, the people they talk to. And I think that's an important distinction to bring up right away because um we we do have compassion for people who have been legitimately <clears throat> either spiritually, physically, whatever that looks like, harmed by by the church or by people in the church. Um, 
we don't we don't want that, and we feel we feel compassion and hurt for those people. And so, mm-hmm. I, but I, I think there's just a distinction to be made between those people, though, and then like what you're saying, if I'm confronted with the truth of my sin. Well, that's, like you said, that's not legitimate religious trauma, really. I mean, that's just the gospel, the law and the gospel. That's the message of Jesus, Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily real uh, harm. Yeah. Yeah, so in these, if you were to watch, like if you were to go to Instagram, I mean, you can... You can look up the hashtag deconstructing faith on Instagram. And that's all these are, is Mm -hmm. people that have deconstructed sharing parts of their stories or whatever. And if you go and you do that, you'll see uh, five elements. And I I did not come up with these. I pulled these actually from an article, I think. um, Michael Kruger wrote this article at TGC um, where he uh, posted these. But I think they're insightful enough to where I shared them with the youth. Um, But there's five elements that you'll see pretty much in every deconversion story. Uh, And the first one is uh, that the person deconstructing will recount the negatives of their fundamentalist past. Um, (laughs) But what's wrapped up in that is that the person who is deconstructing, they will first, at the beginning of their story, they will flash their credentials, like their evangelical credentials at you. And show you like, hey, I I was where you are mm-hmm. now. I am like you. <laughs> I uh, they would say things like, I grew up going to vacation Bible school, and I was at church when every time the doors were open, um, and uh, and they're just kind of bringing you in to show you like, I am who you are, and mm-hmm. I've had the same struggles and differences. And so, Tim, you've watched Rhett and Link's uh, mm-hmm. videos or part of them. Like, what were some of the things that they did in theirs? Yeah, they did what you said. Like they said they were part of Campus Crusade Ministry in college. They mentioned like well-known pastors that we would know that they would read their books like Tim Keller and Mm -hmm. some others. Um, How they were, I think it was uh, Link led worship uh, because they're both really into music. So they they would lead, I think both of them probably like led worship in their church. They they actually have a, they actually have a video series. It has nothing to do with their deconversion stories but when they go to their hometown and they spend a lot of time at the church because they're like this is where I was baptized and I think they did it before the deconversion thing this is where we would sit you know and not listen to the pastor up in the balcony or whatever like they it, the church was a part of their life and part of their family's family's lives and so they shared all that they shared again uh, I think Rhett has a big problem with like creation he was saying and and evolution and that's where it really started for him and so he was trying to study and mm-hmm. how the church would just say just believe it and and so like bible logos came to be a part of his life which is a um it's like a website of uh what is it what like old earth in the bible compatibility mm-hmm. and evolution and the mm-hmm. bible compatibilities type yeah. of thing yeah. and so he started getting into that and reading that but that wasn't enough and so that was kind of part of his story as well mm-hmm. um but for them, I mean, what it, I think what it really came down to, at least maybe the final straw, and I don't think they talked about it, but you have to know their history as well. Uh, the producer of their show, their best friend, is a lesbian as well. And I think some people started to attack them for that. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, was the final straw for them. And so, they, so now their shows are obviously more um, pro-liberal. Uh, not even, not outright. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be scared for someone to watch them. <coughs> But you could see that that was a big part of it, too, even though they didn't talk about that specifically in their deconversion. Mm-hmm. Maybe some about loving everybody and, you know, that yeah. type of thing that you yeah. hear. Yeah. But 
<clears throat> when you learn more about their background and like what, where they are currently and the fame that they're starting to get and the crowds that they're starting to run with, you can see why it benefited them greatly to do this as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But not everybody knows that, especially a lot of the kids who are watching their show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's uncanny how often in people's deconversion stories the issue of homosexuality comes up. Yeah, it's... I mean, at least the ones I've come across, it's almost always because they have friends who are loving and kind or who are family, homosexuals or family. Or themselves. Right. And so now what am I mm -hmm. going to do? And it's kind of what we were talking about in a video that we did a couple of weeks ago with a sermon about um, the distinction of there's division amongst us and what we believe to be right. But you don't, it doesn't mean you hate the person. You can still love mm -hmm. them. And it seems like for a lot of these stories... To them, that line is very blurred. Mm -hmm. If you don't agree with it, then you hate yeah. them. There's and it's it's blurred because we that is a Christian position mm -hmm. to have. Yeah, that you the phrase you would hear is to hate the sin, love the sinner, is the phrase you'd have in our culture today. And you might know some of this because I think Carl Truman has talked about this a lot. Is that like when a person begins to identify as a homosexual? That is their identity. Right. That is who they are. Mm -hmm. And so if you reject that part of them, you are rejecting them. Them completely. And so you can't only reject. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like to Christians, the the culture and not just the culture, but the people in their lives are presenting them with an ultimatum. Yeah. You can accept me or reject me. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to reject our friends mm -hmm. that we love and that we care about. And I think a lot of times, specifically what that is, in these deconversion stories is people coming from Christian backgrounds have not been given a good theological framework to be able to understand you are incorrectly understanding your identity mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And and they're and they're buying into this theory of identity from the person that's coming to them with that. And so but that's that's what it comes into is that mm -hmm. they come to understand I can't actually love people while also rejecting who they are at yeah. a core fundamental mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. But we understand that's not true. People mm -hmm. are not fundamentally defined by their sins. Right, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and, but, that's, but that's part of the issue. Mm -hmm. One of the sad things I've seen with Rhett and Link, because I've watched them now for a few years probably at least, and I've watched a lot of their YouTube stuff because they, they're really funny and they do like weird food tasting things and stuff that's like right up my alley. Yeah, that, it is. That kind of stuff. <laughs> I love that stuff. And so, you know, and then when it, they were very clean, like, I really liked that about them. They were really clean. Like, I didn't have to worry that my kids might mm -hmm. see me watching one of their things or something. <clears throat> but when they uh, did this deconversion thing, I remember one of the big things that they said was, this actually changes nothing about our morals. We still love our wives. Probably love them more, they said now, because I'm not being forced to love them. I love them because I'm choosing to love them, where the Bible said I was forced to love them now as my wife. <laughs> or... Um, you know, so all this stuff wasn't going to change in their life, but it's been kind of interesting over the past year. It's probably been a year, maybe more, since that deconversion stuff came out. I don't know if yeah. you look at mm -hmm. the date. about that, yeah. How often now they curse quite a bit. They've got a lot of alcohol stuff now where they never used to really do that before, but now a lot of their taste tests will be like different alcoholic beverages, and they'll talk more openly now about like getting drunk when they were in college or these different things. While they were missionaries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they talk about that in their deconversion story, <laughs> yeah. that they were missionaries uh -huh. in college. <laughs> yeah. And so you've seen their morality go down, honestly, through this, where they said before, oh, that will never happen, and we love everybody. Now, we just love everybody. But now they'll say jokes about, like, 
fundamental pe- fundamentalist people. Mm-hmm. Their producer who speaks, sometimes you never see her, but you hear her often, will say things about conservative people, you know, and they laugh about it, and it's like kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. And so even in what they said wasn't going to change, it obviously did. Yeah. But it's also... It goes with culture, yeah. who they're trying to appease. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, they've given them a sel- themselves an excuse to sin, basically. Yeah. No, yeah. you're in, right. In that de- yeah. deconversion. You know? Yeah. But I had friends who, when this happened, you know, came to me and was like, did you hear about this? What do you think of it? And I could tell that it was, it was, it was intriguing mm-hmm. to these people who are hearing this because yeah. maybe they had had doubt themselves and just yeah. question some things well, with yeah, homosexuality. No doubt related to them. Right, and so yeah. then they related to them and they're like, man, these guys were like good guys and I think they're good guys and now they're saying this and what makes them saying this any different than mm-hmm. you saying it's not right, mm-hmm. what they're saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what you see in these deconversion <clears throat> stories. The ones that are very impactful are like these high-profile people mm-hmm. that are respected, that have influence mm-hmm. in those kinds of, in media kind of ways, in social mm-hmm. media, YouTube, and there was a big one for women. This was years ago, though. Um, Jen Hatmaker, mm-hmm. she was a big one. She wouldn't call it a deconversion story because she still says she's a Christian, mm-hmm. but she went to the progressive side. Yeah. And uh, it all started with, like, homosexuality, and she believed to be a pastor. Yeah. But in where she was, that wasn't. But now, now she says she is mm-hmm. a minister and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But women loved her. She had her own show, I think, on HGTV yeah. where they were, like, up doing a house or something. And mm-hmm. I remember Amanda watching it and... She seemed like a really nice, you know, a nice lady, really mm-hmm. fun to be yeah. around. Her mm-hmm. husband was a pastor. They had kids who they seemed to love and all mm-hmm. this. And then she had this, like, again, she didn't call it a deconversion. I, I think she called it a reconversion yeah. is what she called it Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. to this progressive Christianity. Yeah, and hers centered around the issue of homosexuality mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's the first thing that people do in these stories is they will recount the negatives of their fundamentalist past, but just for the interest of time, got to move to these other ones. Um, the second thing that you'll see element of these stories is that they position themselves as the offended party who bravely fought the establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see this in a wider culture, mm-hmm. not just in Christianity yeah. today. mentality. Of, of yeah, but not just a victim mentality of a victor mentality. Sure. That I was oppressed. People were trying to keep me down. Mm-hmm. And the way that they'll talk about this is I was in a church that was super judgmental. I was never allowed to ask any questions. I was I was never allowed to deviate from this standard. Yeah. Um and I fought against that. I, I worked up the bravery and the courage and was able to to deal with this. And so, I mean, we would say that's a bad church, right? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I couldn't ask questions and stuff, but I mean, I don't know if that was even true. (laughs) Yeah, true. But I mean, they, uh, here's the problem with that is they lose nothing by doing this. They lose nothing because when you stand as a Christian in today's culture, boldly, you lose everything according to culture. You mm, are right. shunned. You're disliked. Yeah, you're seen as sure. unloving, all this different stuff. Mm-hmm. When that's not, you're trying to say, no, I am loving. I love you. And that's why I'm saying mm-hmm. this. You lose friends. You lose mm-hmm. all this stuff. Them, they gain likes. Yeah. All, that's they all gain, you gain followers, that's right? right? They gain all this stuff in their life when they do that. They gain a big group now that they can wrap their arms around mm-hmm. and say, see, I'm, I'm one of you. Mm-hmm. And, and so to act like they've lost something. Now, to... to I say that understanding some of these people, honestly, might have lost some family members. They might have lost some parents who sure. are like, 
we can't back you on this. Mm-hmm. And so there, I'm not saying there wasn't any hurt in going through that. There might mm-hmm. have been. Yeah. But when you're looking at it from like a big big view, mm-hmm. you gain a lot of people on your side right. mm-hmm. by right. doing this this uh, bravery you know, thing right. going well, on. Yeah. I think, too, I think um, a couple of things. One of the things is the medium affects the message a lot. Mm-hmm. The fact that this is a social media phenomenon <laughs> shows me there's like, as Turbin points this out, this is just a lot of self-promotion in many instances. Yeah. I'm, I did this personally in my life, and I'm going to tell the whole world. Yeah. And by the way, if I'm like Rhett and Link, I get more people to watch my shows, and I'm already a millionaire by making YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Well, and they get endorsements. And I and go now, on Jimmy Kimmel, right? Now their endorsements, though, are like these things that right. push uh, mm-hmm. homosexuality or push these sure. things, and it's just sure. more money for them. Sure. Yeah. And I think that's... I think that's just like a, a reality that needs to be put in. It's like, second of all, it's, I don't know how many serious, like, again, like if you have a serious objection, I think there's a lot of Christians who would like to really sit down and just, I mean, talk to you about these things. You have real objections to the Christian faith and you've obviously done your homework about what you're rejecting. But so often, like we're talking about, it's, it's really, this, the uh, cynical side of me just thinks that a lot of this is self-promotion. It doesn't cost anything, and I can actually gain a lot. I saw Abraham Piper this. responded to that. I think it was to Truman, because they had mentioned yeah. that in their podcast. Right. And he showed, like, apparently, I, I've never done TikTok, or yeah. I don't have it, I don't know anything about it, but they can make money. You can make money yeah. off of that. He, like, showed how much money he had made, and it was, like, $3 or something. And he's like, see, I'm not making any money off this or gaining anything. But he doesn't share how many followers he yeah. gets because of this. Because sure. he's already rich. But, yeah. I mean, how it is benefiting him in other ways. Right. You know, right. it, Well, I mean, just, you're, you're getting the applause of the world. It's yeah. just absurd. The applause. No, no one in the world is going to object to you saying homosexuality is okay. Uh, we all need to coexist. No one's going no one's going to object to that. That's that's exactly what the world always says anyway. Mm-hmm. I know. So there's no bravery really in doing that. Yeah, I mean, I would I mean, say I don't that, know. I would say the same thing. You see that even locally with some churches. We have yeah. churches in our county, in our community who get promoted all the time. All the time. And why do they get promoted all the time? They're never going to say anything negative about anything. Mm-hmm. Unless culture's already saying sure. it. So mm-hmm. then that looks sure. okay. Mm-hmm. But they, sure. they, we love everybody and we do all, and it's like, well, no wonder you're going to get press. Right. I mean, that's right. good things for people right. to read. And you're going to be. And, and I, I, think, I think I speak for all, and we speak, all of us would agree. <clears throat> we welcome people with real questions. Sure. If you have questions, we yeah. want you to come to church. We want you to come talk to us. We want you to come and if you have friends about them, mm-hmm. we, we welcome mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. But what we do also at the same time is realize that there's a lot of self-interest here. And yeah. let's just be real about that. Yeah. And, and part and, of the um, problem, too, is when people ask questions, I don't know if they talked about this on Truman or what, but they're not willing to actually get the answers because if they come to, if, if somebody listening to this comes to us with a question, like a big serious question, I'm going to guess most of us would point them to a book. Right. It's going to take just time. Us. Like we would have a conversation, mm-hmm. but to understand, I can't give you a five minute conversation that's going to solve this in your mind. The problem of evil, <laughs> I can't solve no. in five minutes. <laughs> but I'm going to give you books. Like right. I, can, I can give you books from way back in the past. I can give you more mm-hmm. recent books. Yeah. I can give you maybe a sermon I preached that hit on that sure. for you to listen to. Yeah, I yeah. can show you some passages, but this is going to take you a while mm-hmm. to right. study and really think through and yeah. pray through. Yeah. Right. And. Most people aren't willing to do that. Yeah. Right. They're just going to say, nope, hit a roadblock, yeah. no answers. And so at this point, I think one of the things that we talked about towards the end of this lesson specifically, but it makes sense, I think, to put it in right here, is that 
the way that we should receive deconstruction stories, first of all, is we do need to take them seriously. Yes. Um, because, like we said at the very beginning, there are people that actually have been victimized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are churches out there like Westboro Baptist Church mm-hmm. that make homosexuals feel atrocious mm-hmm. or you know seem like that. And, right. and there are people that go to churches that they do not feel safe voicing concerns or voicing doubts about mm-hmm. things because they actually will be shunned. And so like mm-hmm. I've personally known people that that has happened to. Mm-hmm. And so we should take them seriously. People actually... It is true. Some people actually have been very hurt yes. and very victimized. And so that's, that's why point. I say we, we're not making fun of people yeah. no. um, who, have, who, have, who share these stories, even though some people very suspiciously are, are very self-promoting about this. And this becomes their entire life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are people that I have come across that have built entire uh, Instagram uh, profiles and websites to try to get other people to deconstruct. It's almost like a reverse evangelism. It's a new gospel. Yes. Mm. And and so I have no doubt that some people genuinely have been hurt by the church. Um, there was a specific video, I mean, I'm not going to pull it up for you guys, but it was on uh, Instagram of a woman who shared that, like in the span of 15 months, had had two children, and was dealing with postpartum depression very badly and felt like she had nobody to reach out to. She was dealing with this postpartum depression for this whole amount of time. And when she finally reached out to their pastor's wife, she was told to suck it up and to still be involved in everything and to be an example to everybody around her. Hmm. And the thing is, like when when I hear a story like that, and this is why deep conversion stories are so powerful, is because you feel for her. Hmm. It's like, man, like I've known people that have had postpartum depression, and that's very hard. Mm-hmm. And I understand how difficult it can be. And man, like if she was told by that pastor's wife to suck it up, like man, where is the love that's supposed to be in the church? Where's the care that people are supposed to have? And so if that really happened, it shouldn't have happened. Mm. But the reality of these deconversion stories is they are what they are, and all you're hearing is one person's side of the story. You don't know. We have no idea if that is actually what she was told. Sure. We don't know what this woman's general disposition to life is, if there have been other issues that have come up before, or how she approached her pastor. Did she say to her pastor, hey, I have been depressed, to her pastor's wife, I've been depressed for 15 months and nobody from the church has checked on me. Nobody has cared for me. Well... Is that true? Mm-hmm. Have you been to church? Sure. Have you been involved in ministries? Mm-hmm. Were you involved beforehand? And now are you only expecting people mm-hmm. to, to check on you now that you're hurting? Mm-hmm. But you had you basically have no relationships at church because you're not involved? Right. We don't know the answers to those questions. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, we even said this maybe in a previous episode, sometimes the, the victimization that people have is like a self-imposed mm-hmm victimization that's not really real it might just be you didn't like what the person told you Mm -hmm. and therefore you are able to make yourself a victim at least in your own mind sure and that's the thing about making these instagram posts and these tiktok videos and these other things is that you don't have to give the other person side of the story yeah you can tell it however you want and nobody posts something on social media that makes them look bad. Right. <laughs> nobody does. Right. Right. And so you're not going to share a story with the world if it makes you look bad. Sure. 
Um, and so that's 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 part of what's wrapped up into this. Mm. Uh, the third thing, the third element of these stories is that you portray your old group as overly dogmatic while you're just a seeker. What do you guys think that refers to without me even explaining any of it? Say it again. Sorry. You portray your old group as overly dogmatic while you're just a seeker. Yeah, I mean, where, again, they're coming across as if they are seeking out the real truth. And almost like they're not getting any help. It's just these statements maybe of like, homosexuality is bad. Just know that and get over it. Without walking somebody through of why that might be or how to interact with, with people and their sin. It's mm-hmm. just, we're dogmatic about this. Enough said, be quiet and obey. Mm-hmm. Is almost how it comes across mm-hmm. of, what they, of what they would say. And they're like, I'm just trying to ask honest questions. I'm just trying to seek out the truth. And seek out God and and I'm kind of getting the door shut by all these rules or whatever whatever it might mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones that I've that I've heard or they pick like the worst examples in the world mm-hmm. you know which is always always frustrating yeah. for, <laughs> like what, what do you mean? like like somebody you'll hear something and the the pastors they reference are ones they've seen on TV or something and you're like come on those are the worst ones <laughs> that are around yeah. these yeah. are the ones you're talking about and so they they pick like the worst examples of mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. it's yeah, that that's where they go but mm-hmm. I don't know yeah I don't remember that in Rhett and Links really theirs was more science based I think but, also there's this idea that I'm neutral yeah. I'm a sincerely neutral yeah, I was a clean person. slate. I'm a clean slate. <laughs> the reality is, is I, all of us, none of us are clean slates. Mm-hmm. And just being honest about our presuppositions. and um, That's it, like trying to say that you're an unbiased media source. Right. That's like, you, everybody should know that doesn't exist. <laughs> just put your cards on the table and um, and be, be honest about that. And also, like... The, your old group is overly dogmatic. And the ironic thing is that sometimes whenever people, again, what is the, 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 the there's there's a buzzwords, right? So like earlier you used the word fundamentalist. Everybody, the word establishment, no one wants to be a fundamentalist and no one wants to be a part of the establishment and no one wants to be described as dogmatic. Mm-hmm. But actually, Christianity is by its nature Dogmatic. We believe in dogma. Mm-hmm. We believe there are certain things that the Bible says are true. Yeah. And you can take them or leave them, right. but we think they're true. And and the reality is those, they do too. Even whenever they're in their, as they interpret it themselves, being honest seekers, they come to new dogmas mm-hmm. themselves. And I think just being honest about that and realizing we all have dogmas, we all are... Um, seeking, we all should want to seek the truth. I, I don't want to doubt people's, I do think there are people who are, who do have sincere wanting to know what the truth is um, at some level, in a certain sense, but um, but yeah, anyway. The language you'll hear of people say is, they'll say things like, I'm on a journey, yeah, or I'm yeah. discovering this, or I've, I'm learning mm-hmm. this right. type of thing, and I'm trying sure. to learn. I'm, or, and it, they, What they do in their story is they, they really try to portray themselves as humble, Right. Yeah. As yeah. as neutral, like that's right. a great way that you said that. It's like I'm I'm just neutral in this. I'm just humble, while everybody over here they're just concerned about being right. Right. I'm just in the journey. Like I'm on a journey here, and right. I'm trying to learn as much as I can. So you're saying either I should be like that, or I should be like you. Yeah. So that's a dogma. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> either yeah. or. So let's move on to the next one. The next one is insist your new theology is driven by the Bible. 
and not a rejection of it. Mm-hmm. And this would be mm-hmm. for those going into like a progressive Christianity, yes. not obviously the yeah. atheist yeah. route. People <laughs> who deconstruct mm-hmm. will either tend to go towards atheism or agnosticism. Mm-hmm. They'll drop Christianity altogether, mm-hmm. or they will veer towards what we call progressive Christianity, which will be the next episode that we talk about that specifically. Mm-hmm. But if you want to... To continue calling yourself a Christian, you have to, in order to maintain credibility of other Christians around you, somehow be able to show that this newfound understanding, Mm -hmm. this newfound dogma, is actually based on the Bible. And so, like, take homosexuality, for Mm -hmm. instance. There's a guy who, uh, he might not have been the first person to do this, but he's the most popular, Matthew Vines, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, basically tried to show that from Scripture that the home, our modern-day understanding of, our, of homosexuality as we thought of it is not the kind of homosexuality that Paul was arguing against mm-hmm. and condemned. That homosexuality in the Bible is actually uh, like violence and, um, and not, uh, not monogamous, not loving. Mm-hmm. And so he tries to reinterpret the Bible to show that actually this is what the Bible says. Right. I'm not being this. arrogant. I'm just saying the way these people have interpreted the Bible <laughs> 2, for 4,000 years, 4, oh, yeah, years 4, since 000, Moses yeah. wrote it yeah. is wrong. I'm not being arrogant, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And, right. and no. that's exactly right. And, and they, they, come across, they come back and they say, actually, if you think about the way that life was back then, this is how they would have interpreted that, and this is how they would have thought about that. And to right. someone, here's the thing, to anybody who's actually done biblical studies before you hear the arguments that they make and you immediately say that is ludicrous right you have no idea what you're talking about yeah, right but the vast majority of people that are in this kind of process haven't studied right the biblical studies before they have no knowledge of ancient <coughs> history mm. and customs and norms mm. and things and so uh like you see a very famous one where this uh uh in this camp would be like rob bell when he finally he was flirting around with like the what's called the emergent church, and when he finally came out with his book called Love Wins, he did not completely just throw out the Bible. He reinterpreted it in a way to show that in his understanding, hell is not real. Like uh, what, what's the phrase that that they'll call it? Uh, eternal conscious torment mm. of hell is not is not loving. Therefore, God would not do it. Uh, God would not do that to people. It's not mm. loving. And so they'll reinterpret the Bible mm. to show mm. their position of things. The last uh, one that we'll see is that uh, these deconversion stories will attack the character of your old group mm. and uplift the character of your new group. Um, and this is very simply, you know, they, they've already kind of uh, talked about the negatives of their fundamentalist past. They've already shared about their negative experiences. This is where they come in and they say, but I've, I've, I feel so much freer. Mm. I finally found a community that will accept me, that will love me. Mm. What, I mean, what should we as Christians think about that? I mean, I think, uh, um, I guess on the one hand, um, we can be honest that the church is not what it ought to be. It will never be what it ought to be in this world. So we don't make excuses Mm. for the church. I don't want us to do that. On the other hand, um, uh, 
you know, there's so many different things. Every, and this is, again, where it goes to you have to talk to each individual person. Your old group may have been a, a bunch of really bad people, and I wouldn't want to be around them either. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, was your, was your group fallible, not perfect, but, you know... I mean, you know, I guess that's just, you You have to take, in each of these categories, is, is, you you have to take every single person individually and hopefully off camera um, to talk to them, but also just to, to realize that um, even your new group has, has got foul, has got problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we've seen in history, uh, a group of atheists can do a lot of bad stuff too. Yeah, not just Christians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so let's just be real here. Yeah. Um, that's actually one of the points. So in this whole series called "Confronting Christianity," where Rebecca McLaughlin answers the the critique that all religion does is cause mm -hmm. violence. Mm -hmm. Actually, you can prove the opposite. Mm -hmm. Atheism throughout human history has caused a lot of violence, yeah. possibly more than what Christianity. Right. Sure. Or any religion has. Sure. And so violence seems to happen no matter what people believe. Mm -hmm. And so it's got to be to something else. Yeah, I mean, we look at the, the Soviet Union, officially atheistic. Um, Stalin, from what I've heard, has killed more people than Hitler did. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that was an atheistic, you know, anti-Christian mm -hmm. uh, regime. Um, and so I guess, again, then the Christians have done bad things too. And I'm not going to, mm -hmm. I'm not here to, we're not here to haul the water for, or carry the water for anybody, mm -hmm. but we're just here to say, um, you know, that's in this world, you're never going to find a perfect utopian group. Yeah. And I do think just in a sense, then you can take that hopefully in, cause it's interesting though, that they are looking for utopia. They're looking for a final mm -hmm. hope. To anchor their soul in, as uh, Augustine said, our hearts are restless till they rest in you. Mm -hmm. And so you can see that in these conversion stories, these deconversion stories. These people, these are people, even if they don't, un they I don't know if they would put it this way, but they are, they are longing for rest. And they don't realize um, the Spirit of God has not opened their eyes yet to see the rest that's available for them in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And so as we talk to them in all these categories, we want to do it one-on-one. -on -one. Um, take them individually, love them, um, and then point to them the sufficiency of Jesus Christ to meet every single one of these needs. Yeah. Um, because I, I think we, as Christians, um, the message ultimately isn't me. The message isn't the church. The message is Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hurt you at some level. I'm not perfect. The church is going to hurt you at some level. We're not perfect, but yeah. he's going to save yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting that sin catches people off guard <laughs> yeah. uh, like our sin like we all are sinners and we're all yeah. going to treat each other poorly yeah. sometime or another yeah. so the, I think this person is a little bit delusional or you know someone who has this who says this in their deacon deacon version or deconstruction is a little bit delusional because their old group eventually their new group is going to become the same way as their old group mm -hmm. they're going to and get you'll hurt notice, by people and you'll notice or they will, you are only going to be accepted by that new group so long as you subscribe to what they believe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yep, yeah. Exactly. If you start saying yep. things other than what they say, you'll yep. find out really quick how dogmatic they are. Yes. That's yes. a really good point, too. There is no, ultimately, I'd love to, I mean, I think another thing to gently bring to people, this is all law. Oh, yeah. 
This For is sure. all law. Yeah. It's all based ultimately uh -huh. on what you do. Yeah. And you better you better yeah. repent perfectly from your old ways and you better repent and come yeah. to the new way yeah. perfectly. Yeah. There's no gospel here really. Yeah. It's the illusion of gospel. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. But there's no promise of grace here. There's yeah. no forgiveness and there's no cleansing here. Mm -hmm. This is all law at yeah. the core. Um, me trying to atone and uh, save myself. That's mm -hmm. what's so sad is they can't. Mm -hmm. They yeah. can't cleanse themselves. Yeah. I think there's two sides of this that we need to, to, to end with, though, is, you know, Spencer, you were talking about how we shouldn't really be surprised. I can't remember if you said that. Yeah, yeah, he says that. We shouldn't really be surprised when we're hurt by the church because it's, it's a place that's full of sinners. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I've heard people say before that it's not... If you are going to base your entire deconstruction on the way that one person maybe mm -hmm. has treated you or that a church has treated you, that's not a logical basis to tear down your entire system yeah. of belief on. Yeah. Even, but, even in the scientific community, yeah. theories are not built on one experiment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think at the same time, I think, I mean, Jesus, as God obviously shows his understanding of human nature, when he says that Pete, they will know that you are my disciples yeah. by yep. your love for one another. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I mean, it is it is one of the strongest, or maybe the strongest evangelistic strategy that the church has is our ability to love people well yeah. mm -hmm. and to love, show our love for one another well. Yeah. And I think that is proven in a sense by the kind of damage that is caused mm -hmm. by churches sure. that are dysfunctional mm -hmm. in the way that they are operating to yeah. the point where like we said at the beginning, people have been genuinely hurt mm -hmm. by churches before. Absolutely. And that's why a lot of this stuff is happening mm -hmm. is because there are a lot of just terrible churches out there mm -hmm. that are not living in the way that Christ has called them to mm -hmm. live, to yeah. love and to show mercy and grace and kindness. Yeah. At the same time, there are some people that they what they're rejecting is not their church. It's Christianity. Sure. You know, all together. Um, but, G, I mean, Jesus knew what he was saying. Yeah, when he said that they will know you it's are amazing. my disciples by your love. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, amazing to think that Jesus knew what he was saying. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> tell you what, no, I think that's a great point, Scott, to end with because as a church, we want to be a church. Um, while we hold firm to the dogma we believe Scripture gives us mm -hmm. about who God is in Jesus Christ, we also want to be one that's compassionate, loving, ready to listen, ready to be patient with people. Yeah. Because that would be called the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, right, but. Um, <laughs> So we want to do both. Uh, what is it? Jesus came with grace and truth. Mm. Um, so truth and grace, right? Mm -hmm. Both of those things we want to hold firm and fast to as a church. If we're marked by that and we're not giving up on either of those things, um, we'll be the kind of church. And, and there will always be people who will reject, you know, that will do this kind of thing regardless. But we want to be that kind of church yeah. that's mm -hmm. a place for sinners to come mm -hmm. because it just happens to be on one of them too okay yeah. um uh well i think we're gonna wrap up there okay <laughs> well thank you so much for listening um today we hope this has been uh helpful and uh interesting as we've talked about um uh, these these deconversion stories how they happen what it, what their basic characteristics are like and uh we hope that it is encouraging to you and also helps us as we think about how to reach the world with the good news of jesus christ in our communities and our friends our neighbors and our family um, thank you so much for listening. Take care and God bless.